welcome to the Arsenal way. Back again with you guys after what was a wonderful evening of football yesterday. So incredibly happy. You join me live from London in our Canary Wharf office. Bailey is skiving off at home. Adrian, you right? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you that after yesterday's win, you can call me what you like. Tell me what I am. I don't care because what a win it was yesterday. Oh, I'm so happy with the boys. What a win, what a win, what a win. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, honestly, the ride up of this morning on the train was just like, I, I think people must have been looking at me because I was sitting there just smiling, <laughs> just constantly smiling, um, just watching back some of the highlights and the clips and obviously listening back to some of the podcasts and the Arsenal way last night. I mean, I mean, you couldn't have been happier on the match reaction stream yesterday. It was uh, If you haven't watched it, guys, make sure you go back and check it out um, because it's a really, really solid stream as and of course with Umar as well. What... What for you um, was kind of the biggest takeaway from the game? What's the biggest positive from yesterday's result? The fact that we were able to score four goals. I think the goals, of course, we only scored two in the previous five games. So being able to score four goals in a single game when we were struggling, when there was a lot of scrutiny on the team, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot about the boys, about the mentality of the youngsters, that they are able to overcome criticism and they are quality. They are quality and they will score goals for us in the future. I think for me, that was the most impressive thing. I think we looked threatening front of goal two. We didn't have too many attacks, but when we did have an attack, we actually looked threatening, which hasn't been mm. the case in recent weeks. And I think that was a, a real positive. And it does fill your confidence going into the games where we are expected to win towards the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I look at what we're capable of doing now. And, you know, the goals that we scored, I, it was one of the things I pointed out. I wrote a piece on this earlier in the week about how Thomas Tuchel might make the same mistake he did last time out, which was, you know, to open up the spaces, allow Arsenal to counter. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so it was, I don't think it was a wildly unpredictable result, weirdly enough, because it's one of those games where, you know, there's more space for Arsenal to attack. We are up against a side like Southampton or Brighton that sit in, you know, and counter us. But we won last night for the same reasons that Brighton and Southampton beat us because they were just able to hit on the counter and utilise the spaces. Although some of the play that we made last night, I mean, Granite Xhaka nutmegging Marcus Alonso on the edge of the box is, is <laughs> it's a special moment is what it is. Great to see. Good morning, everybody in the chat box joining us. Great to see so many people. To the Axel, Kevin, Afsar, Colin. Good morning to everybody. Uh, we've got Vinny. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Kevin as well. Uh, who else have we got in here? Uh, Lanra, uh, Paul. So many more of you too. AFC till I die. Great name uh, for a YouTube account for sure. I hope you're doing good and well. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe, of course, if you're new as well. We'll be taking some of your questions in just a little while. Eddie and Ketia Bailey. Um, yeah. I was very critical uh, of him uh, this week, especially after the interview. I saw your tweet uh, quoting the Beautiful Game podcast and the, the timing of the interview, obviously, and when it came out. The interview was actually done before the Southampton game, um, but it being published last week really was <laughs> such an annoying timing, especially because it was like back-to-back -back with the Lacazette interview coming out as well. Do you think that there's... Do you think there's now a semblance of... What's the right word I'm looking for? Guilt about having that criticism? I, I'm not. I don't feel guilty. No. But what I would say is that I think I got it wrong regarding you know, un, or under underestimating how committed he is, kind of this season, how focused he is. Yeah. Look, the interview. I wasn't mad with what he said in the interview. I think what he said was was there was nothing too malicious or nothing too too wrong with it. I think yeah, he did mm -hmm. say the concert situation, but he did like he did reaffirm, he did reassure us that he's still fighting for the club so what he said in the interview I didn't have an issue with it was just with the timing and with what Lacazette had just done it looked like stuff was starting mm. to fall down a little bit I think it could have been done maybe a week after because what he said as I said wasn't 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 the worst but having guilt and regret about after his performance against Chelsea I would say no I think it is one game I think of course 
don't get me wrong, he was excellent. I think that was his best game in the Arsenal shirt. So you're still dropping him for United then? Is that what you're saying? I'm not dropping him for United <laughs> because our options are not good enough. I think Enketa did prove himself that he should get another another chance to, to start as a striker. But yeah, yeah. again, he has to do it against Manchester United. Yes, the game against Chelsea was excellent. All, all be it said and done that Chelsea did put a goal and a play for him, even the second goal with Malang Saar. I don't know what he was doing for the second goal. So he did get the goals <laughs> yeah. gifted to him. But again, Manchester United, you go again, Eddie. You go again, bro. You do it again and you score again. And hopefully you can really make a name for yourself in these last eight games. Because if you are to leave the club, then get a Premier League move for yourself. Fight for that. And, or if you do want to stay at the club, then fight for a contract and fight for a higher status in the club. This is our, These are the last big few games. And if you really do impress, then you really could make a name for yourself. You know, one of the things he said during that interview was that he's never really been given kind of consecutive number of games to... You know, get his feet on the ground. He's always coming on the last eight or so minutes of, of matches. Mm. He, you know, he comes on in this game um, and starts, and obviously started the game against Southampton, which I thought he was really quite poor and didn't really offer too much, mm. nowhere near as much of obviously that he offered last night. If he does kick on, if he does score against Man United, if he does continue to score for us, if he starts the North London derby, has a positive impact, and between now and the end of the season, proves that if he gets these subsequent starts, he has got a part to play. He he has got the quality that Arsenal need from the striking position. Because, you know, I, I can only go off what I've seen so far. And to be fair to him in that interview, he was right. I've only got substitute appearances, uh, appearances against lower league opposition, in, in cup competitions, in the Europa League. That's all I've really got to go off. And that's why I've been as critical as I have. But if he is given the opportunity to be playing subsequent matches, is there an argument that a new contract could be given? Look, if... If he was performing in the, no one gets three minutes, no one gets free money, no one gets free time. If Enketia came on as a sub for those last 10 minutes, 20 minutes in those games and he scored a goal, for example, I'm certain Arteta would have maybe started him for the next game. It's the fact that he hasn't done well enough when he's been given a chance to, to come on as a substitute. Everyone has that, everyone starts off at that level. Everyone comes on as a substitute and has to prove themselves. No one just comes in and starts every game straight away. And unfortunately, when he's been given a chance on the substitute bench, he hasn't done it this season. And I think that's the reason why he's been used as, as a substitute. But finally, of course, against Chelsea, he did. But to suddenly turn it around, if he does turn it around, I still wouldn't want to. I still wouldn't want him to stay at the club. I think time. I think it's time for him to move on. Despite if he does help the club get the Champions League, I think we need to refresh the whole striker plan as it is. But for his sake, for his own self, that I hope he does do well and I hope he does score a few goals. But. Arteta does like him and I know that Athletic reported recently that a contract offer is on the table so if he, I think it's up to him rather than up to club if he, if he stays at the end of the season or not. So yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Like, if the contract's there and on the table, like Arsenal can't necessarily... Well, they can take it back as we did with yeah. Baron Ramsey, of course, but I wouldn't be expecting them to take it back if his form kicks on and with in how he spoke about his commitment to Arsenal, how he wants to be the number nine at Arsenal, you know if he is given those games, it wouldn't be a surprise, especially after the whole Balogun situation last season. That was a real surprising turnaround from Balogun that he actually decided to sign a new deal. So mm. it, it's not beyond possibility that he signs that contract that is on seemingly still on the table. What I would say is, though, if I am Eddie Nketiah, I'd be looking at the situation realistically and going, you know, Arsenal are being linked with XYZ strikers this summer. They're going to bring in someone and they're not going to invest 50 plus million pounds in a striker and not start playing them. So I'm going to be back on the bench again. Yeah. What I would say is that he's playing for a move or a better move than he would. Because prior to these games, I would have said you'd be lucky to get to a Premier League team, to be honest. I think a Premier League team may be interested, but certainly not as a starting striker. So if he is able to kind of kick on in these next few fixtures and continue to start for Arsenal up until the end of the season... 
you, I would be shocked if, say, a Palace or a Brighton didn't say come in Freddie and Ketia and then said to him, look, we've been really impressed when you're given the opportunity to start games that we're going to give you these chances. So that that wouldn't entirely shock me. Um, obviously, the other performances in, in the games that stood out, Nuno Tavares started on the left-hand side. I thought he had a mixed display. When I was doing my reaction yesterday to the game, I had a lot of people in my comment box saying how he stood out. He was fantastic. He was brilliant. And I think there were certainly elements of his game that were good. But I didn't quite get that feeling. I, I'm, I'm assuming from your shaking of your head, you were in the same ballpark yeah. with this. Yeah, absolutely. I think that game proved that Nuno just needs to be a left wing back, not a left back. I think yeah. everything going forward was the positives. And then defensively, that's where the negatives come when you're like, oh, Nuno. It's those passes in the yeah. defensive third, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, sometimes he's a bit lackadaisical when he runs out with the ball even for the final third. Like, he just looks mm -hmm. a bit lazy. Like, he doesn't know where he is and he, he gets dispossessed. He has goal as well. He has Pilecota goal as well. Yeah. It's like, He's a left wing back. I don't think he's a left back. I think he has a. He's still young. He still has time to learn. Hopefully, he can maybe Arteta can install some defensive stability uh, mm -hmm. in, into him. But I think he is a left wing back, and he done well when he was attacking. He did, of course, provide. He was crucial for the first goal and crucial for the crucial for Eddie and Ketchy's second goal. So, yeah, he did have a mixed game. I agree with you, TC. I think defensively he was poor, but going forward he was excellent. And I think that's the story of. Or Nuno Tavares' career so far. Yeah, yeah. All I like about him is that he's just fearless at yeah. times. He's really fearless. He's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to uh, to take a shot outside the box or, you know, really gun for a defender or try and take it round him. And I, what's impressive about him is the fact that he's had such a difficult start to the year in 2022 with the Nottingham Forest game and, of course, more recently with the Crystal Palace game, dropped for the Brighton game. Comes back in against Southampton. Southampton's goal didn't come from that side. They didn't have any joy down Nuno Tavares' side in that game at all. And actually, I thought he was really unfortunate to be taken off by Arteta during the game. And I think that's one of the reasons why we weren't actually able to break them down in the final part of the, uh, of the game. But to, to take that on board and to turn in that performance after being having your confidence hit so much. And actually, there was a moment in the game where Arteta went up to Tavares while he was having a drink, I think, when there was an injury or something on the side. And you could really see Arteta geeing him up and, and saying, look, you've got this. Keep going. Keep doing what you need to do and, and push forwards. Obviously, critiquing as well at the same time. Let's get some reaction from the chat box on the last couple of topics about Eddie and Tavares. Uh, Trevor, uh, Travarelli says, keep Eddie, sign another striker. Uh, please. Uh, I mean, I understand that there's this kind of aura around Eddie after that game, but I think that may be dropping uh, the ball on what we could achieve in the transfer window. When he says Tavares cannot defend to save his life, DJ Assassin says Tavares was good going forwards, but shaky in defence. Johan pointing out that he got two assists during the game. Uh, Zhu says what Mikel did last night was fantastic rotation, which we all saw the benefits. Such opportunities give players confidence and it also makes them know that they are valid in this club. More chances for Eddie. It will help him improve. Nice spirit team last night. Nice team spirit, rather. <laughs> What I want to talk about with Mikel Arteta is, you know, the praise that we need to give him after criticising him quite rightly in the last three matches. And I feel like it's something that not every Arsenal fan struggles with, but I think there is kind of this feel around the club, if you will, that you either have to be critical of Arteta or supportive of Arteta, and you can't really find the balance between the two. I feel like we've been pretty critical over the last few weeks, and then when things were going well, we've praised. Yeah. And that's not flip-flopping, as it's like to be described sometimes. It's about assessing what you see each game and analysing the negatives and analysing the positives 
and coming out with ultimately a conclusion. And I think that what he did last night, and I was confused when I saw the lineup, not going to lie, you know, <laughs> it was good. So what did you make of kind of the decision-making of Arteta there? Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said to you the other day that, for me, I don't want to judge too harshly because we've still got time in the season left. Arteta is a manager. He's young. He will make mistakes and he will and he will succeed as well. And yesterday was the was an example where where he succeeds. His tactics were absolutely spot on. I think mm. he didn't he didn't just create an excellent starting lineup, but he also created a dangerous bench, which is rare for us. And I think yesterday the bench was impressive. We had Martinelli, we had Pepe, we had Lacazette, and we still had Cedric as well as a defensive option to come on. And that's rare because we've been speaking about the squad depth and, and the lack yeah. of it. But yesterday was a real proof that we actually could have some squad depth if we start, if we do balance the team a little bit. And of course, I think a big shout out to Mohamed Elneny who came into the side yesterday, done very yeah. well. Uh, players who are, on, who are on the fringes at the Enketa, on the Tavares. So they came Hold in. On, and let's, let's not move on from Elneny too quickly because if you remember, Bailey, there was an yeah. article that we did last week. Do you remember yeah. this article? It was a debate yeah. piece. It was myself, it was you, it was Tash, it was Kaya. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure... I was the only one that said Ed, El Nenny's got a part to play this season. I mean, I'll allow you a chance to apologize. No, no you were, to be fair. I remember <laughs> I, I, I wrote the article and I, I told you like a couple of hours after, I was like, do you know what? I would not be against, I'm not too much against it, but mm. if I have to choose, I would choose Sambi simply because of the age factor. But I think yesterday they proved that in big games, uh, when the pressure is on Arsenal, for example, when we play against United, when we play against teams like Chelsea, when we play against Tottenham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think it's right to start El Nenny and Shaka and just shut up shop and just don't let any anyone come past us. But in other games, I'd rather go with Samuel Congo because there were examples where El Nenny could play a forward pass and he would just go to, to the side or backwards. But again, he's yeah. safe and that's what you need in games like that. I'm not complaining whatsoever because you do need you do need those type of passes. So El Nenny is a very useful player. That's why I said mm. that I would not be completely against him signing a new contract because I think he's happy to be he doesn't it seems like he's happy anyway to just be a bench player I mean you do need those yeah, type yeah. of players for depth and yesterday was proof how important depth is and having El Nenny in your team just to come in and, and play safe sometimes it's so crucial and it's rare to find in teams look I think El Nenny's a player that has reached kind of the end of his time at Arsenal um, and I think that as you say for what he brings to the team from a squad perspective is great but if you're a Manchester City or a Liverpool your squad players is, is not El Nini, it's Naby Keita, you know, coming off the bench. It's a different level of player that gives you that depth. And I think that's what Arsenal needs to target. It's whilst it's great having a player as consistent and, you know, the performances that El Nini can give you, but ultimately you need to see really us stepping up the quality of depth in the side. And I think that's what we'll ask for. Um, we'll alternate some questions to you guys in the chat box. Make sure if you haven't already to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here. King says, would you continue with a back five until the end of the season? It was strange, isn't it, last night? Because it wasn't an out-and-out yeah. out back five. There was at times because obviously Cedric came on, it became a back five. El Nenny often did drop into the back line as well to make it a back five too. But... I wouldn't describe it as a starting back five, but would you play that same style at the weekend against Man United? It's a good question because I think it worked for us at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea, of course. The formation worked, was allowed to do that. I don't know if we can do that against Manchester United. I think we're going to need to be in the front foot consistently. I think we really need to take the game to Manchester United rather than sit back a little bit more. So I don't know if I'd go over back five again. However, saying that we can get the best out of Nuno Tavares as well if we do play that formation. So it is, it's a 50-50. I think it's interesting to see what, what Arteta will go with. I think towards the end of the week, we'll see who's fit. Maybe Tomiyasu might even come back into the side by then. Mm. Okay, so he's back into the squad. Maybe Cedric could come back in. Lacazette, possibly. It's going to be interesting to see. I think we need to see who's fit and who isn't, and we'll go from there. 
Uh, Luke says, do you think we'll look uh, for another left-back as Nuno's not been too reliable? I don't think so. I think, obviously, we've signed him up to a new long-term contract um, when he signed last uh, last summer. Kieran Tierney's still here. If anything, if we replace a left-back, it won't be Tavares, it would be Tierney. Um, and I think that'll be because if they feel like an offer comes in for him, maybe from Real Madrid, that we've seen reported at 50 million or quid, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world if he goes. Like, I'm not going to be happy about him leaving because I think he's a great player. But his injury records and the money that we could get for him and replace him with someone I feel there are left-backs out there as good as, you know, even ones with potentially to be better than him, that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I don't think we'd sell Nuno. Uh, Vinny says, Bailey, was last night proof that Arsenal need to sign a new central midfielder and keep Xhaka, especially as Partey is always injured? Did Zidane have the skill set to pull off those skills in his run? I think he did, Vinny, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I think he did, but... but, but it was what does it say about Xhaka? Shaka, I've always said this, he's, imp- he's so important to the team, I think, in the midfield sense, not as a left-back, of course, but as a midfielder, mm. he, he's important. I think he shows for Switzerland, shown for Arsenal at times as well, that he is a quality midfielder, and if it's not party, then it's Granit Shaka who you rely on. If we don't have Granit Shaka and we don't have Thomas Party, then our midfield is completely weak, and Shaka is the second step to that. We've Let's be honest, in the last few years before party, we did rely on Shaka to, to be the anchor man mm. almost midfield, so... It's no surprise to me that Shaka can pull out these performances because he does do it. He does do it on a regular basis as well. I think by the Arsenal fan base, he's very scrutinised. I think when he does play well, Arsenal fans struggle to give him the credit he deserves. But yesterday, I think after that Sedan-esque move, as, as Finney said, it's hard not to, to praise him. And he was excellent yesterday. And uh, it'd be good to keep Shaka, but of course, if he does move on, then he does move on. But again, yeah. I'm worried about us moving on too many players in one window because replacing them is going to be difficult. It is. Speaking of that, Zach Taylor says who replaces Mohamed Elneny in the midfield. I mean, if you're going to keep Granit Xhaka and you're, and you're losing Elneny, probably make the Niles is going to move on as well. That's two players that have left. Um, you've got players coming through like Charlie Patino, of course, as well. We've got this new, when we play the 4-3-3, we've got this new number eight star role where Xhaka is currently occupying, but isn't what you would say the most tailor made for that role. When you replace Elneny, I think you you look at players like a Matthias Vanberg, who we were linked to in January, someone coming in from, say, Bologna, less well-known, but certainly full of potential and that can fulfil that role really, really well and offer you kind of versatility in the midfield. But we still need to move, in my view, for that world-class central midfielder. We need to be looking at the potential to, to sign someone there. Who that is, you know, the names come around continuously. We talk about players like Yuri Tillemans, but would you say he's world-class based upon this season? I struggle to to look at that, but I think that he's he's produced world-class seasons in the past, just haven't seen it this year. Fabian Ruiz at Napoli has obviously had a really good season up until a few weeks ago, and it's kind of dipped from that point. Does that change your mind? Ruben Neves, of course. It's difficult to find a central midfielder that you'd really say takes Arsenal to the next level that's gettable uh, and that you can realistically get during this window. And there aren't all that many out there, not like there are strikers for us in the summer. So it's going to be a really difficult one to try and replace. Um, Zana says, does this win feel similar to our win against Chelsea in December 2020 after a poor run? And do you think this will be the trigger to push to secure the top four? I think it definitely put us in a better position. That's that's def, that's that's a fact. I think before the game, I was worried about our top four hopes. Now I'm excited again. I don't think it was similar to our winning at Chelsea in December 2020, simply because we're in different positions. I think Arsenal, the top four was already done. I think that was more to save Arteta's job rather than rather than actually push for a top four. Whereas this game was, we're focused on top four rather than Arteta's job. For me personally, anyway, I was thinking if we win this, then we are back into the race for top four. And that's how I think it done. I hope it can really push our season. I'll push the, give us the boys confidence for the last five, the last few games where we can hopefully get into those places. Absolutely. Uh, I was hoping someone might ask the question, but I haven't seen it in the chat. So I will throw it to you. 
Tommy Ashley's return to training. Um, how does he get into that team? I know it seems like a mad question considering how good he's been for us, but do you change things for the United game? Because obviously it's only in a couple of days' time. It's only, yeah. I mean, it's it's two days away. So if he is fit and if he is deemed ready, does he come in in that Ben White role that he kind of played and then you move Ben White to where Holding was or do you play Tommy Asu as a right wing back? Like, How do you get him into the team? I think United's a bit too short for him, but as soon as he's match fit, he's ready, you bring him mm. into the side. I don't think you wait any, you don't wait a second. As soon as he's match fit and ready, you bring him into the side, regardless of form and regardless who's playing, because he, he's important. And you saw in the game against Chelsea yesterday how they did target the right hand side a little bit, of course. That's where they scored when Mason Mount put the ball in for, for, for Aspilicueta. So I think, mm. and even Timo Werner's goal was on that side too, kind of anyway. So I think as soon as Tommy Yasu is fully match fit and ready, you bring him in. I do, I'm, I'm against bringing him in against Manchester United because. Um, the game against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup semi-final when we did rush him back. Yeah. yeah the cause made him he was he terrible. He had a full week's training, to be fair, before yeah. that point. He did come back into, into training on Sun Monday, Sunday, Monday. So, mm. you know, he would have had five days of training, to be fair. Yeah, it just depends if that's match fit. I think I'd, again, I'd bring him on against Manchester United. I just don't think I'd start him because match fitness is different to, to, to of course, training all week. So I'd, mm. I'd like to, to keep him on the bench just for that game. And then after that, definitely re, re, reinsert him to the side. Fair play. Let's have a look at what people are saying in the chat box on this. Uh, Johan says, bring him in on a sub in case he's not ready yet. Obviously, you've given him those minutes off the pitch. He wasn't in the squad yesterday, so that wasn't the, the most positive of signs. Um, Travarelli says, United at home's not a bad game to throw him in. Vinny says, easy. He replaces Holding and White goes to centre-back. Holding was sloppy. I thought he was defensively solid, but maybe his distribution could have been better. But we always know that's what you're going to get from holding. Uh, Igro says, no-brainer, bring Tommy back. Trevorelli says that we could bring him in against West Ham away from home. Tommy says, can Eddie and Ketia be backup striker next season? His goals were mature last night. I think we covered that earlier, Tommy, and I'm just not sure that it's the right move for either Arsenal or Nketiah. Lynn says, uh, Tommy should come in, and if he's not match fit, he can take him off at halftime and replace him with Cedric. Makes sense. Uh, I think there's lots of options for Mikel Arteta that are gradually improving. Let's hope we see this Arsenal team improve in the next few weeks or so. And welcome back to so many of you that have joined us again. There's over 200 of you watching, which I know you weren't in the last couple of weeks. It's been a little bit too painful. We forgive you. We understand. But welcome back. Please do drop a like on the video. Please subscribe if you're new. Bailey, thank you so much for joining me on this wonderfully positive morning. Thank you. I just want to say happy birthday to, to my mum as well. So if you guys want to nice. throw in the happy I birthday. I love that. In, I love a mum shout out. That's great. <laughs> happy birthday but, to Mrs. Keo. That's, that's there we go. But yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, TC, as well, as always. Does she watch? Is she a regular watcher? Yeah, sometimes she does watch, yeah. Hello, Mrs. Keo. I'll be doing good. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, indeed. Hope you have a great day. Chat box, let's all wish Mrs. Keo a great birthday, guys. Um, thank you for tuning in, people. Really appreciate your time, as always. Subscribe if you're new. Drop a like if you're new as well. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.